Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good bye week Thursday. We're getting that much. Chiefs Eagles right around the corner. Yeah, no, it's still days away, but we're getting closer. Got to click off the days during the bye week. Hey, uh, the Eagles are getting some downtime. But Johnny Mac, downtime does not always bring the best of news. Uh, the Eagles found out they are dealing with a significant linebacker injury. Nicobe Dean, who uh, I've been waiting for him to break out all year, have that game. All right, this is the reason why he's going to be the Eagles starting linebacker for the next years to come. It didn't happen yet this year, and now looks like it's not going to happen. Liz Frank's brain, definitely going to miss time, uh, certainly an IR stint, and maybe the rest of the season. We're looking at a lost year for Nicobe Dean, are we not? 
Uh, yeah, for the most part, um, you know, but he, he got some valuable reps. I, I don't think you dismiss that. Um, and, you know, we always talk about startup costs. I'm looking it up as we speak, 182 um, reps. I do think Nicobe proved himself as a run stopper, uh, at least behind, uh, you know, Jordan Davis and company, at least behind a very good defensive front. He's proven to be a very good run player run support player uh the issues are pass coverage and uh he wasn't good uh to be honest uh and we're not going to see any incremental improvements uh probably certainly for the next six to eight weeks there's a chance he'll be back i think a lot of that has to do with how nick morrow plays in his his place and i've argued you know it's funny before this news broke um I was writing my own self scout for the Eagles, and one of them was Nick Morrow should be the starting middle linebacker. This is a Super Bowl team. No time to, you know, if this were the Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers playing tonight, yeah, throw N'Kobe Dean out there. No question. Uh, you know, long-term potential. Not on this team. Not on this team. And you and I talk about that, pedigree versus uh expectation you know versus undrafted guys not unheralded guys whatever adjective you want to use all the time and it's a real thing and it shouldn't be as real on a super bowl team it's like everybody expects well nick morrow's playing really well but but what i mean at least give him a chance until he plays poorly and then say all right but there's almost this expectation, Jody, that the shoe's going to drop. And maybe it does. The odds are it probably will. He's not going to play perfectly um, and all that kind of stuff. But it le- at least let the shoe drop. It, I, I don't, it, same thing with Reed Blankenship last year. People would say the same thing because he's, on, he's not supposed to be out there. But he keeps playing well, and he keeps playing well, and he keeps playing well. And all of a sudden, he's a starting safety in this league. You know, who's to say Nick Morrow? And, and again, I've talked to Nick about this. He was playing behind, and this is not hyperbole. He was playing behind the worst defensive front in football in Chicago last season. And he was okay. And now he's playing behind the best defensive front. And he's been darn good. And there's a big difference in those two things for for a linebacker. So in a weird way, now the depth is a big issue. You can't suffer another injury. But in a weird way, in the short term, this might make the Eagles a better defense because Nick Morrow's been playing better than Nicobe Dean. And by the way, Jody, he's played more. It's not like he's been in there, and I got to look up Nick real quick. Uh, how many reps he's played. Uh, But it's not like he's played, oh, a game here and he was okay. 379 snaps. Yeah. So 371. Um, Yeah, I I mean, yeah, he's been good. Here's here's where if, and I think you were referring to the fans of, Oh, we gotta get Nicole. We gotta go. We drafted Nicole. Nicole's on championship team. Nick Morrow came in from the god awful bed. Why are we playing Nick Morrow over Nicole Dean? Here's where I think they can at least, because you're right. I think with 
fans and certain members of the well, media. Certain members of the team, the, the organization as well. That's a right. It, That's it, where right. I was going. The organization can't now stand up and say, well, we knew Nick Moore was going to be this good. No, you didn't. You they cut, cut him. him. They <laughs> let him go. Yeah. They released him. They went, and we're going to talk about Christian Ellis here in a second. Uh, they kept Christian Ellis when they needed to make a linebacker cut to get the roster down. And there's calculation to it. Will the guy get picked up? Won't the guy get picked up? Can we get him back? And like, and oh, by the way, they didn't exactly get Nick Moe back 10 minutes after they released him. The waiver period was up and done, and he was still not an eagle for the better part of a week. Now, you and I talked about this. Chances are Nick was shopping for another job because the Eagles, he knew coming back to the Eagles, he wasn't going to be put back on the roster. He's going to put on be put on the practice squad, and he's going to have to cross his fingers and hope that something And real happened. quick, Jody, I did talk to him, but that was the case. He did, you know, he was shopping around. Oh, you did? So, you you yeah. had a chance to talk to Nick yeah. about it? Yeah, what did since, he say? Did since he say then. he was close to landing with anybody else? No, he said he was taking his time to 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 look at the you know landscape, so to speak, the situation around the league, and he ultimately came back. Um, but you know that gives you an indication. If somebody had a fifty-three man roster spot to offer, they could have had him. He was gone. Um, and you know, Eagles got a little bit lucky. And from that standpoint, it becomes, well, he's not going to go to the practice squad of somebody else because he's already here. Right. Coaching staff knows him, playing behind the best defensive front in football if something happens. So all being cases, they got a little bit lucky. Nobody wanted to give him that 53-man spot. And, yeah, I look at this as a whole league thing because it, it's it's – the whole meritocracy talk, it's big with coaches, but it's not true. It isn't true even remotely when it comes to lesser pedigreed players. It's it, They expect, they almost, it, and again, you, you brought the, it, it's a big thing with fans, but that doesn't matter. It's a bigger thing with with coaches and organizations. They expect it. You know, I, I saw Jalen Rager play 49 snaps in New England uh, last week. 49 snaps. He's still getting chances. He's still getting chances on team number three because of his pedigree coming out of college. Um, somebody like like Nick Morrow played 17 games last year with admittedly a terrible team, but he was solid. Um and he doesn't get a chance. He doesn't get one cent of guaranteed money. Um, and here he is. And I always bring up Reed. Reed's an even better example. Um, five grand the Eagles got Reed Blankenship for. Um, and he's a darn good player. Uh, I, I don't mind the mistake because everybody makes mistakes evaluating. And I'm sure nobody's at... Uh, <clears throat> Greenville College or wherever the hell Nick went, uh, and 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 spending uh, a whole bunch of time there, um, and he was a, a safety in college, um, and moved to linebacker, so you have that transition period. Uh, but he's an NFL player, and he's not treated like an NFL player because of his pedigree. I, I will say this along those lines, and John, you know I'm on the same page as you with this. It's one of the things that annoys me more than anything else about football. When you're judged by what you had done previously, 
before you got in the league. Now, you want to be judged what you did with another team in the league. That's one thing. But when guys are given more chances or guys have to do more to earn a spot just because coming into a draft, they weren't this highly rated, I think it's uh, BS. and I think it stinks. But you're right. It is a reality. We can state enough examples on how teams do that that you, you just can't deny something like that. Along those lines with the Eagles this year, Keely Ringo was a fourth-round draft pick, and some people thought that he was a steal in the fourth round because they thought he could go in the second round and be a day-two pick rather than a day-three pick. And the Eagles have had their issues at cornerback, and if you say, oh, he's only an outside quarterback, that's why he can't play in the slot. So is Eli Ricks, who is undrafted. No one took Eli Ricks. So if we're going by draft pedigree, Eli Ricks wasn't even picked. But they're ready to run Eli Ricks in there when they have no one, and I mean no one, to play slot corner. And Keely Ringo can't buy a snap on this team defensively. Does that say anything about Keely Ringo and the fact that while they may not voice it, they're pretty disappointed with the fact that he can't get on the field for the defense? Um. I, I would say that look, I he's very raw. They knew that coming in. Uh yes, Rick's passed him. Rick's not only passed him, he passed Josh Job as well, uh, on the outside. Um, they love Eli Ricks. And I don't understand. I don't see it, but they get to see him every day. Um, so you know, they think he's their best option. With with Ringo, I don't think they're disappointed with him because he's been a great special teams player. And that sort of, um, they knew that's where he was going to start. And he's a great athlete and they, they're much better on special teams this year. And I, I know nobody cares about it, but he's a big part of it. He, uh, Josh Job's a big part of it as well. Uh, being the gunners, typically um, they are much better. I mean, they were bottom five by every single metric advanced statistically. And now they're top 10. And a big part of that is is Ringo and Job uh, on coverage teams. Um, so that part they're fine with long term. Yeah, they're probably not happy with the way he's he's latched on at, at corner. And obviously long term, they want him to be a corner. But um, it, it, I'm I'm not ready to pull the plug on him because. And, and when we talk about that meritocracy and we're bringing up examples, and I get what you're saying. It's not a hard and fast rule. Um, he's a raw rookie, and they don't think he's ready. And there's nothing wrong with a red shirt season, if you want to call it that, even though he's playing a, a ton on special teams. Um, from a defensive standpoint, obviously he's not going to he's not going to get on the field. But uh, I'll look if you look at PFF, um, their best special teams players, Justin Evans, who's been injured. Uh, and really doesn't count. So number two, because he's only been out there for 36 reps, number two is Josh Job, and number three is Kelly Ringo. Um, and and Ringo's played 163 reps on special teams, which is second on the team to Christian Ellis. So it's not like he he is a big, big part of their improvement on special teams. So I get why people are disappointed on Ringo not being out there and Job's ahead of him and Rick's is ahead of him and Goodrich was ahead of him. 
Um, as a cornerback, I get that part of it, but I wouldn't pull the plug on him. Yeah, it, you know, I, it, I wasn't. It, I wasn't suggesting that. I was just uh, comparing the two situations of where. What you do in practice determines whether you play or not, and we believe that in the corner. But in other positions where where you were drafted more dictates how many chances you're going to get, how often you're going to be out there. It just it, it doesn't line up. I actually prefer what they're doing at cornerback because you're earning it. It's, you're, it's not being given to you because of where they decided to call your name out on a given day as you're entering the league in the draft. I like meritocracy. I like earning it in practice. I like the fact that they're willing to put bricks out there above them because they see them, they watch them, they break down film. They got more information on than Johnny McMullen or Jody McDonald or anybody else. Good on you. Uh, but it, it it isn't always that way, as you point out correctly. Yeah, that's why I say it's not hard and fast. Like like to, to Ringo, I think he was the youngest player in the NFL when he got drafted. Uh, he's very, very young, very, very raw. Hasn't He didn't even play a lot at the college level. Um, whereas it, you look at Morrow's obviously a veteran and Nicobe isn't a veteran, hasn't played a lot, but he's a very savvy player, very football. That's one of the strengths of him is football IQ, very savvy player. So it's not a hard and fast rule that you should always play. Oh, he's playing better. Put him out there, even though he has a lesser pedigree versus a young kid who's really raw and is a developmental project. Like year one with Jordan Mailata would be the most extreme example. Uh, obviously he wasn't ready to play, but they, they rightfully didn't give up on him and look at him now. Now that's extreme on both ends because he never played the game before, which rarely happens. But I think it's fair to say Ringo's dis- been a disappointment out of the gate as a cornerback, but he has been a big, big part of their improvement on special teams. Understood. But again, if we're not talking about judging as per draft pick, you use a fourth round pick, you're hoping to get more out of a guy than just special teams. Uh, well, not good, necessarily, not on this as team. As good as he's been. I think that was the plan. Now, when they suffered all the injuries, the fact that people like Ricks and Goodrich were ahead of them, I don't think that was the plan. But no. originally, in a perfect scenario, just sit there, learn behind Slay and Bradbury, play special teams. That was the original perfect plan. But uh, sometimes plans go awry, and the Eagles are dealing with a new twist to the plan without N'Kobe Dean coming up. Uh, I'm going to get more of your thoughts on where they go here from go from here on linebacker, and we'll get that from our next guest, our first guest of the day, I should say. Next, then it's his next time up on here with us on Birds 365. He has done it before. We're asking him to do it again. Bleeding Green Nation contributor John Stolnes joins us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. 
One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. My week Thursday edition of Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, McMahon and McDonald. We are joined by John Stoneless, contributor for Bleeding Green Nation, host of the Eye on the Enemy Eagles podcast, getting in with us here on Birds 365. Johnny S., where were you watching Cowboys and Eagles this past <laughs> Sunday? And uh, were, were you biting on your fingernails when the Cowboys got it down to the six-yard line with less than 30 seconds to go? Yeah, I mean, I was down to, I think I was down to the first knuckle. Uh, I'd gone past the fingernails at that point. I mean, because really, but that game should have been salted away a couple of different times. And uh, that, yeah. you know, when they started, there was that pass interference call, you get them up to the 50 yard line. Oh, my goodness. You start to think this could really happen. And, and it just snowballed from there because they weren't able to stop them all day in the passing game. So, you know, you gave them a little bit of life there, and it just goes to show you. You're never really out of it. And I'm kind of, it was amazing they weren't able to punch it in once they got it down to the six yard line. Cause I think everybody thought for sure the Cowboys were going to finish it off. But yeah, um, yeah well, I, I did. I was, I was getting ready for the collapse questions for the yeah. and players. Yeah. Um, but I mean, how, I mean, they looked for sure like they were going to collapse. Yeah. Well, they, they couldn't cover CD Lamb all, all night, as you mentioned, no. John. And, you know, for some reason, the, the, the Cowboys decided to go backwards from the, six yard line. So I, I think a lot of it was the Cowboys shooting themselves in the foot, but I do give the Eagles credit, mm-hmm. man. They just find ways to win games. I, 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 you know, there's no tangible aspect to it. And I know that drives people crazy, but right. <laughs> I always bring up Danny green used to t- tell me winning is a habit. Winning has become a habit for this mm-hmm. organization, this team. 
27 consecutive weeks with the NFL's best record. Yeah. That's freaking amazing in the yeah. era of parody of the NFL. Um, your thoughts on just that sentiment, winning's a habit, conversely, losing is a habit. Imagine if they'd won the Super Bowl last year, how how differently we're thinking about this team. Like we're we're using the word dynasty potential talking about this team because yeah. it, it has a very Patriots-like feel to it, what the what the Eagles are doing right now. The way they they really are the most talented team, it seems, in the NFL. And they're they and they even have holes. But when you watch other teams play on Sunday, there's so obviously a difference into how the Eagles handle adversity and how other teams handle adversity. The By Eagles the way, people should look at games this week. You don't have yeah. to watch the Eagles. Watch some other games. Yeah. And yeah, see how the other half lives. It really or, is. I had to watch a Commanders Falcons game. That was the that was the game on in, in my area a couple of weeks ago. And it was it was a really tough watch. Do you just see <laughs> the, because it's the coaching staff too? The coaches are making yeah. decisions that have no basis in reality there there's mind blowing penalties and 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 uh and and you know snaps not getting off in time and and play calls where you just can't figure out what somebody was thinking how did this guy get a get a coaching job the quarterbacks are making mistakes left and right it comes down to Nick Sirianni has a plan in place he's hired competent coaches around him and he's got a quarterback who just keeps getting better and better and better and seems to be able to elevate his game when he's playing from behind, it's, it's really, it's really all that combination of things. And, you know, I would say too, like even on Sunday, the, when the Eagles were managed to hold on and, and win that game, there's specific reasons why the defensive line, Brandon Graham talked about it after the game, they changed the way they were rushing Dak Prescott. They, they noticed that yeah, the, that the yeah. tackle was shading too far to the outside all game. So they, they did a couple of inside rushes there on those last two possessions and, and got to Dak Prescott in, in big moments. It's little things like that where you have smart veteran players who are also helping young players get better, real, figuring out those little those little areas where you can have success, and it came through and helped them win on Sunday. All right, uh, one more Cowboy question uh, before we move on and uh, widen the lens. Um, where does the Cowboy mindset go from here? I've uh, seen a couple national pundits, read a couple articles. Uh, Dak Prescott threw for almost 400 yards, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the, the, somehow the Cowboy mindset was strengthened in a loss against Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. See, yeah. there's your difference between the Eagles and everybody else. <laughs> Eagles win and we go, yeah, but. Everybody else wins, we go, yeah, but. Yeah. Why? Is it just Dallas? Is it they are? the national team and they get more attention and uh, people are dying to see them return to prominence because 25 years without a Super Bowl, how prominent are you? Why, yeah. why do you think people are, are looking for ways and or excuses for the Dallas Cowboys after they come into Philadelphia and lose? Yeah. I, I think with the Cowboys fans, it's coping. You know, they realize that there is a gap and maybe not even so much with talent because the Cowboys and Eagles played a very even game. For, for, for most of this game. You know, the Cowboys defense did a good job shutting the Eagles offense down at the end. The passing game, Dak Prescott looked fantastic for three and a half quarters, but Dak has trouble closing. And that's an important part of being a winning quarterback in the NFL in big games against good opponents, being able to close. That's the gap between him and Jalen Hurts right now. Jalen Hurts has the ability to close. He has the ability to play at his best football. And I realize he didn't play great in the last let's say two series of offense that they played on Sunday. Cause that, that first 
one of the three three and outs they were backed up at the one foot line so yeah. you're just trying not to yeah. get a safety in that situation so you know really two drives where they went three and out where you were hoping that they would add you know take some time off the clock and get a few first downs but Jalen Hurts is able to close games out most of the time Dak Prescott has shown an inability to do that. And when you're talking about the Cowboys and national, you know, the national figure, a lot of the national figures are Cowboys fans. You're probably talking about like Skip Bayless and a couple of those different guys trying to make excuses for why their team wasn't able to close the deal. It's a coping mechanism. But I agree with you. The NFL and national writers, they want the Cowboys to be an elite team. They want them in the Super Bowl again because it, for years, for decades, the NFL was synonymous with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, playoff success, Super Bowls. And I think for a lot of folks, especially older reporters, it is weird that the Cowboys have now gone two generations without being an elite franchise in the NFL. Yeah, and I would say, and I don't know who Jody's talking about, because Tom DeShields, one of our producers, asked me that same thing the other day, and I said, well, I, I don't know who you're talking about, but if anybody's saying Dak Prescott played well because he threw for 400 yards, turn him off. I mean, <laughs> the lack of situational awareness, yeah. that was the first thing that came out of that game. Well, I'll give you, since you, since you asked, a guy who's pretty well-respected and isn't an old-time guy, Orlovsky on ESPN. Was no, I, 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 like, I typically like Dan, but yeah, that's nonsense. Now, Dan's a quarterback, so. Yeah, and I'm, to... I'm watching him on Monday, and he's going, Dak Prescott got past the hurdle that he can't get the job done. Excuse me? Did yeah. you turn the game no. off with two minutes to go, Orlovsky? I mean, it, it's, it's fair to say Dak played really well on Sunday, and also that he couldn't close the deal, that he couldn't yeah. get the job done in the end. He did play great for three and a half quarters, almost mistake-free football for three and a half quarters. But then when they had the opportunity at the end of the game, the little things that you need to be able to do as a franchise quarterback to get your team over the finish line, Dak not only wasn't able to do them, he made decisions that hurt them. And that's been his MO throughout his career. And until he's able, that's the hurdle he needs to clear. We've yeah. seen him play well we before he and lost. throw for 400 yards. I, I, I'm not impressed by that. I mean, don't get me wrong. When And I talk about it all the time with Jody higher volume throwers that's a that's a skill and that's a diminishing skill because the the league is changing so look he's got tremendous talent i don't think anybody denies that but the situational football i go back to the playoff game when he's trying to spot the football in a hurry up situation not allowing the referee to spot the football yeah if that if i were a head coach in this league john and it, you know if anybody's hiring Put my name in the pool. <laughs> but if I were a head coach, what would drive me crazy more than anything else is a veteran quarterback who doesn't understand game situations. And that's Dak Prescott. Uh delay of game in a in in a in a must gotta have it situation for a veteran quarterback. And like a financial field is not difficult for the quarterbacks. That play clock's right in front of your face. I, yeah, that's unacceptable for yeah. a veteran quarterback. Now, rookie, all right, uh, there's some growing pains. He's been around for a while. That's the kind of stuff I'd be talking about if I were Dan. I know Dak Prescott can throw for 400 yards. I certainly know it when Eli Ricks is trying to cover C.D. Lamb. I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't get the 500. Right. But no. um, that doesn't impress me. 
Yeah, and I was gonna say Maybe he's not true. helped by he's he hasn't been helped by his head coaching either the last few years with with Garrett and and now Mike McCarthy. McCarthy made some blunders late in that game too, where you could just tell that he's playing checkers. He's not thinking three moves ahead, four moves ahead. Well, what do we do if we're third and something here? What do we do if we're fourth and something? You know, having to burn way too much time in one of those earlier drives that left them with not enough time in that final drive. And and, and Dak is a part of that. Dak could be. If he's more situationally aware, he can be more on top of those things and act as a second coach on the field and just say, I got this, you know, and and run. And I, I think that's one of the areas where Jalen Hurts is really strong. I think Jalen has the game script and he knows what's coming up. He knows he knows what how much time there is left, what the, what time they have to do things. I just there's a gap there between those two guys. And it's I think it's upstairs. All right. Uh, let's get to the Philadelphia Eagles at eight one and a bye week and the like. What do you think is most benefited by the Eagles for this 13, 15 day? Because they don't play till Monday night. I would love to know that they were out there getting some work in. We know that can't happen because of the CBA. So yeah. You got to give them vacation. They get a vacation <laughs> in the middle of the season. What is the, the place where the Philadelphia Eagles can benefit most having their bye week at this uh, dead center middle of the season. Yep. I think aside from injuries, which, which is obvious, I mean, you, getting Jalen Hurts some rest on, on his knee bruise, and it'll be very interesting to see what he looks like coming out of the bye. Like if he's still limping around after the bye, then I think we're just having to be resigned to the fact that this is going to be a problem all year long. But hopefully the bye week allows the knee to heal a little bit and he can just get some treatment on it. But aside from the injuries, the, the guys who are banged up and getting them buffed up and, and healthy, for me, I, I think if you're looking offensively, I think they've got to figure out a way to get the running game going without Jalen Hurts being a primary rusher. They've got to figure out how to be maybe a more conventional running team because especially inside the 20, that was one of the hallmarks last year of why they were so dangerous inside the red zone. They were able to run the ball inside the 20-yard line, and part of that was the Jalen Hurts RPO game. Offense defenses just didn't know whether it was going to be Hurts on a keeper, whether it was going to be handed off to Miles Sanders or Kenny Gainwell or whoever else they had back there. So they're missing that right now. And DeAndre Swift was piling up the yardage earlier in the season. That may have been when teams were still expecting Jalen Hurts to tuck it and run on occasion. Uh, you're also missing Cam Jurgens at right guard. It sounds like he's going to be ready to go after the, uh, after the bye week. So maybe that will help the running game as well. But there's been something missing there. DeAndre Swift has had some decent runs, but hasn't had a breakout game since then. Uh, the Eagles have been relying on the passing game, and it's worked, and that's that's to their credit, and that's great. But inside the red zone especially, if you can have the ability to run the football and get five, six yards a clip rather than one and two yards a clip, second and four inside the red zone is a whole lot different than second and eight, <laughs> and it just opens you up to be able to do so many more things. And so I also think they need to figure out a way to get Rashad Penny into the game a, a little bit more. I He had two carries last week. I thought he looked pretty good on both of those carries, and I'm I'm still mystified as to why – He's been in the doghouse during the first part of the season, and, and Kenny Gainwell has gotten so much run. They obvious There's obviously something there they, they don't like, but maybe figuring out, can Rashad Penny be a part of our running game moving forward? That's the area during the bye week I really think they need to take a look at in order to get themselves to be more efficient and more effective inside the red zone. That's why John Stolness is a smart man, uh, Jody McDonald. <laughs> I've been saying that. I'm surprised people don't see, and some do. You just did. The Eagles running game is all about Jalen Hurts and all about the plus one threat of Jalen Hurts. And when it's not there, and it hasn't been there because of the knee injury, they find it very difficult to run the football traditionally. 
Now, uh, I, you know, then we can start talking about the potential solutions to that. But the negative side of that is, John, and I'll throw this out to you. What if their running backs just aren't that good? Because I'm I'm teetering on that line. Yeah, I'm just saying they don't they, yeah, think of it this way. Still number three in the NFL in rushing. How bad can he be if he's number three in the NFL? I know he did it early in the season when Jalen was there. Exactly. Exactly. Look at the numbers since Jalen hasn't been impactful on the running game. And by the way, it was a question. What if they aren't that good? And the standpoint of, if you think about how the Eagles build their team, they don't put assets in their team so uh, at running back. So if you follow the money, which generally works in every instance, they shouldn't be that good at running back. Am I on to something or am I on something, John Stolnes? No, I mean, I think you're on to something. They thought that they could go cheap and that they could still find some value along, along, the, uh, along the margins and having three or four different guys, different styles. And which is why the Rashad Penny benching has been so mystifying. Like he was, he was going to be part of this supposed three headed or four headed monster. And, and I think, you know, Deandre Swift was really hot in, in weeks two and three. And certainly you're going to ride that horse as, as long as you can. But um, I I think we saw this last year too, when Miles Sanders was essentially the lead back when Gardner Minshew was in the game, teams didn't have to worry about the, the quarterback, running with the football. And so they could key in on Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell. And so this is not a this year problem. This has been this has been a problem the last couple of years whenever Jalen Hurts has been out of, either out of the game or you could tell that he, his running was affected. So it just I, I think with Jeff Stoutland, I have confidence as the director of the running game that he can get some things figured out during this during this break and figure out a way. I do think DeAndre Swift is talented. I think Rashad Penny has some skills. I think he is talented. I, I think they have an ability to run the football. I just don't think they're scheming it up very well. And the offensive line should be healthy coming out of the bye week, and there really shouldn't be a whole lot of excuses. And here's the thing, too. If teams are stacking the box, then you got to go to the air. And if that's going to continue to be the case, you, you may just be banging your head against a brick wall for three quarters until maybe you wear some guys down and you can get some big runs in the fourth quarter. But for, I, I think it's I think it's an area they need to really commit to and see if they can figure out a way to make it work, especially inside the 20, because there's just less room to operate with the passing game inside the red zone. All right. I'm going to give one of my famous hypotheticals here. The, the people on the stream love when I do this, as a matter of fact. Um, let's say the Philadelphia Eagles have the 45th pick in the draft this upcoming year. They've got mm-hmm. the same second round pick. The Saints are four and five. They're in first place, but they're not great. They go around 500. To actually, they got about mid-top half of the draft, just in the top of 13, 14 pick in the second day, which would be 45, 46. If Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is still sitting there, and I think personally he's a first-round talent, but the league in general has de-emphasized linebackers, so maybe, just maybe, falls down to the middle of the second round. With Nicobe Dean's injury, will the Eagles use a valuable asset like a high mid to high second round pick on a linebacker this offseason? I would. I don't know if they will. It's, it would be out of their character to do it, but I would because I don't think you can trust Nicobe Dean. Uh, he hasn't looked good when he's been in there. And I know he's very athletic, but and he makes some plays when he's rushing the quarterback, but 
he has been an absolute liability in pass coverage, and he can't stay healthy. If you can't stay healthy, I mean, he's going to have two years here where he's barely been on the field because of injuries and and because of, uh, you know, as a rookie last year, he just wasn't going to get on very much anyway. But I think they need to, I think they've all, I've always said that they should invest more at linebacker. I, I, I hate this trolling for the veteran league minimum guys who get cut by other teams and let's, let's plug them in there and just kind of let them run around and try and clog up space. And Hey, maybe they run into a tackle somewhere. I don't like that. I think the linebacker position, I give it more value than I think the Eagles do. And many other teams around the NFL do, but you, you see when you have for teams that have good linebackers, effective linebackers, they are, they can do more things, especially with the emphasis with linebackers in the passing game. Now, if you can identify a guy in college who is really adept at that, that's something that they, I think should target. Absolutely. I would go after Jeremiah Trotter jr. If he's, if he's sitting there in the second round, I think that's a perfectly reasonable place to take a linebacker in that spot. Yeah. I've got, here's where I'm going to defend the Eagles a little bit, John, because I, and, and we used to, you know, running back linebacker, the two devalued positions, um, you're right. They, they, they take shots. The LJ forts of the world, uh, don't work, but you know, they, they, they kind of hit, I don't know if I'll call it a home run, but I'll say a solid double to the gap with TJ Edwards. Um, and all of a sudden they have Nick Morrow and for, for whatever reason, including the Eagles, by the way, Nick, if you're watching, uh, the guys played well. I, I, I don't know yeah. why there's a debate of why he wasn't on the field versus N'Kobe Dean. I've been saying that for weeks. Um, at least wait for the crappy game before taking him off the field. Now they have to put him back on the field, so maybe it's a silver lining. And Zach Cunningham's played well. Zach Cunningham played – he was one of the best defensive players against the Cowboys. Um but I, I get it from the standpoint of when you see a linebacker, when you see Fred Warner, when you see uh, Bobby Wagner in his prime, you go, boy, I'd like to have that player. But on the other hand, boy, I'd rather like to have the Eagles offensive line. <laughs> if, if, you, if you gave me perfect example this draft, Jalen Carter, B. John Robinson. I think if you looked at most of the fans, they want the skill position guy. Give me the skill position. Give me the explosive guy. Eagles correctly say, nope, I'm taking the defensive lineman. I'm taking the offensive lineman. Um, they're right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're right. I'd rather have that Eagles defensive front than any linebacker in football. Anyone. Pick them. Um, and that's why they could persevere they they've used eight different bodies in the slot, John. Yeah. If that happened in another place, you're talking about a two-win team, maybe a one-win team. They're eight one. All because of that defensive front. Um, so that's where I'll defend the Eagles. It might not be sexy, it might be boring, but when they show up, those defensive linemen, and forget about Jalen Carter, because he's on another level. The Milton Williams of the world, yeah. uh, just solid players. And they keep coming at you in waves and waves and waves. In a copycat league, why doesn't anybody copy the way the Eagles build this roster? That's a great question. And you're right. It's along the lines. And that goes back to Andy Reid building along the lines. Yeah. And that's something that the Eagles have always had as their And you got to find a quarterback, obviously. Yeah. 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 The quarterback is the most important thing. But they also believe in spending money at the cornerback position, especially the two outside corners. And I think, you know, 
they're going to have to invest in a, in a slot corner this off season I don't think, you know, Avante Maddox is, is not going to be the answer long-term there, but they already got know, him. Isaiah Rogers, he's sitting there, he's suspended for uh, gambling. I, that's I right. think he's going to be the slot corner. Yeah. Year. Yeah. And so there you go. I mean, and so hopefully that answers those questions and yeah, then you can kind of deal with the linebackers, maybe not being, um, totally upper crust. But if you've been investing in, in the defensive line and the offensive line through these last few drafts, like they have, I think you can maybe sneak a second round pick on a linebacker and, you know, but maybe it turns out like N'Kobe Dean. I mean, that's the other thing too. And we can't close the book on Dean. Obviously the, he, he's still got a future in front of him at the beginning of the season. We were calling him maybe the most important defensive player on the team because yeah, he was a young, yeah. yeah, he was a young player. They had the green dot on his helmet. He's going to quarterback the defense. He's this young linebacker and he's been a non-factor and it hasn't, hasn't really hurt them all that much. But I just, I, I kind of, I guess I'm a little old school too. I, I like remembering like the Seth joiners uh, in, in the, in, in the second, in the defensive middle of the field and, and what they could do, the versatility they brought defending the pass and rushing the court, the quarterback. I, I like that. So. All right. We dealt with one injury with uh, the linebacker position. How do you, Eagles going to do it going forward, both short-term and long-term. We're only worried about short-term at the tight end this year. Dallas Goddard, no official stance yet. My guess is he's probably going IR. If he doesn't go IR, they get him back for that second Dallas game after at least three weeks out with the injury that he has. They're playing good teams between when now and when they play Dallas again at key juncture mm-hmm. of the schedule. How they gonna replace Dallas Goddard? I, it may or may not be directly with a tight end. It'll be different formations. Will mm-hmm. it change the overall philosophy forever? How long he's going to be out? How are the Eagles going to manage not having Dallas Green? Yeah, I think this is where I hope getting Julio Jones a couple of weeks. I say ago, Dallas Green. I Dallas Green, baby. Hey, Dallas Green, man. That's John. Hey, we got here. Yeah. Good dude, Dallas, Dallas Green, but he's Come not on, Dallas yeah. Goddard. Right. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, I know what you meant, and you know, I think that when getting Julio Jones a couple of weeks ago, maybe that helps to mitigate the loss of of Dallas Goddard because if you have uh, Olamide Zacchaeus and 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 Julio Jones along with Jalen along with uh, uh, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, you've got potentially you can run more four wide receiver sets and, and maybe, you know, you can have Olamide staying in a, in a blocking situation every once in a while. You don't really want to do that. He's not a tight end, but certainly the guys that you have at tight end are not going to replace Dallas Goddard's production. I, I am intrigued by Albert and you guys are going to have to help me with the pronunciation of his oh, last just name. Say, oh, uh, we're just not say, yeah, okay. say Albert O. Albert O. I played enough to where I can learn it, John. Right. Exactly. Right. But I mean, in, in three seasons in Denver, uh, he caught 54 balls for 546 yards. I mean, he he hauls in most most of his targets. And now that's not elite production by any stretch of the imagination, but it does show that he doesn't have boxing gloves for hands. You know, he can he can catch a football, and maybe they start to work him into the offense a little bit in some spots here and there. But he's not going to be a six catch, 85 yard kind of guy, I don't think. So. You're going to probably use Julio Jones, hopefully, a little bit more uh, and use some more four wide receiver sets. Maybe you see more two running backs in the game. Maybe you see DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny in the game at the same time or or, or Swift and, and Gainwell in the game at the same time. Uh, maybe you go more 12 personnel and run heavy with, with, with Jack Stoll and, and Calcaterra if he gets uh, uh, his concussion protocol clears and he's able to play next in, in the in the next game so uh, there's different things they can do they, they have a lot of talent they have some different players uh you i personally would love to see julio jones step up and and be a bigger part of the offense if he has that ability we, 
don't know if he has that ability right now, but I think it's intriguing what they can do with him in, in this offense and maybe continue to utilize the middle of the field with Julio Jones with Dallas Goddard on the shelf for a little while. Yeah. Wegbanam. That's how there you, go. you pronounce I have to look at Ak-Wegman- it. Wegbanam. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can do it, but I have to be looking at it. By the way, Dallas Green, <laughs> real, real quick. Uh, I used to work in a newsroom with a bunch of Phillies fans in the easiest way, older school, obviously. You'll appreciate this, John. <laughs> The easier, the easiest way to get them at, uh, riled up was to say, "Former Yankees or former Mets manager Dallas Green." It would send them into a. <laughs> di- it was phenomenal uh, if you didn't say Dallas Green. Anyway, you know it's always startling when you watch the '93 Phillies video yeah. and they have those Mets highlights come on and you see Dallas Green in the Mets dugout yeah. as the as the yeah. manager if for you that. Say for, former Mets manager, they'll yeah. lose their minds. <laughs> Old school school Phillies fans. Anyway, um, you mentioned Julio Jones. That's an interesting guy to me because obviously he's a Hall of Fame player, but at the tail end of his career. And I do think you have to have that third option. Nick talks all the time, and you mentioned it with the tight ends. Uh, The offense starts with A.J., Devontae, Dallas Goddard. Now you have to shift from Dallas Goddard. You mentioned all the uh, ways they can do it, different personnel groupings. To me, the one guy that can make a difference if he has something left is Julio Jones. I mean, Alameda Zacchaeus, nice player. Grant Calcaterra, Albert O, we just talked about. These guys aren't difference makers. This guy at one time was in the conversation for being the best receiver in football. He made the great play in Washington. Um do they have to get him more involved? Is that imperative? Or we saw it last year with Dallas Goddard. They played five games without Dallas Goddard. I think they won every single one of them. Five Did and check yep. that? Yeah, we checked that. They won every single one of them, but they had to go about it a different way. And that brings us all the way back to the running game, more traditional aspect of it. All this stuff kind of marries together. Mm-hmm. What would be the simplest way? Because I think it's Julio. I think that's the simplest way. If you look at the touchdown catch he made against Washington, it was a very tight end like reception. You know, they're they're in close. He just uh, Jalen Hurts just fired the ball up in the air. Who Jones was in between two defenders, but he kind of went up, used his body, muscled, and brought it down. And that's kind of what you would like to see from your tight end in close in the middle of the field, get the ball inside the 20. I think that's where you're going to really see Julio Jones uh, come to life if he's going to, because he doesn't have the breakaway speed that he once did. He's not really going to be a guy who's going to get deep on the outside. So he's going to have to work the middle of the field. I don't know how much of the playbook he knows. That's one of maybe maybe one of the things that they'll be able to take advantage of during this bye week is really buffing up Julio and, and getting him, immersed in the playbook and and getting a package of plays together for him so that they can utilize his skill set, which I think now is his size and his sure hands. And so he knows he's a smart player. He knows where to sit down in the middle of his own. He he can probably break, he can break free of, of single coverage. If he's, if, if it's, you know, man coverage against a safety or a linebacker, I think that's, or slot, even most slot corners, he's, he's probably going to come out ahead in, in, in those, in those matchups. Again, if he still has something left, we just don't know what he has left in the tank, but that catch against Washington was encouraging. I thought, and if he can do something like that, he he only needs to help me four or five catches a game for, you know, 50, 60 yards. Maybe, maybe you throw you sprinkle in a score here and there. If you can get that from Julio Jones, I think you can stem the loss of Dallas Goddard. 
I need your insight on this because John and I have been talking about it for a couple of weeks now and it just keeps getting put off and put off and put off and we'll see if it's good to go by the time the Eagles come back. A key element. What was it you just said uh, coming into the season? Nicobe Dean could be one of the key guys on the Eagle defense. Maybe the key guy on defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. A lot that, of people were saying that, that. Right. And it just didn't play out that way. A key guy for the Eagles defense in the second half may very well be a guy who had two tackles in the first half of the year, and that would be Bradley Roby. Mm -hmm. That they're putting a whole lot of weight on what Bradley Roby can do when he comes back from injury. He's got two tackles in two games. And I know cornerback, you got to do more than tackle. But are the Eagles putting, and, and I know they have no other choice. I'm sure Howie's still scouring the waiver wire, but mm -hmm. there just isn't gold to be found week nine on the waiver wire. Their trade deadline is uh, come and gone. They put in a lot of eggs in Bradley Roby's basket. Mm -hmm. Is that by force, by choice? something that's going to work out for him or a basket that is just about to break. I think what we've seen from this team is that generally speaking, these kinds of Hail Marys that they like to do work out most of the time. And because he's got Darius Slay and James Bradbury, and I know James Bradbury looks like he's lost a step this year. We'll, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out, but he's still, I think a good cornerback on the outside. They, he's got some backup there. I wish they had a little bit more at safety looking for a little bit more from Bayard uh, over the last half of the season. Um, I think he looked pretty good in his first couple of games with the team. I think that they are putting a lot of their eggs in that basket and it could very well end up breaking on them. And then you're looking at Eli Ricks and you're looking at Sidney Brown and just trying to muddle through the rest of the season. It's I, I was kind of surprised they didn't make an effort at the trade deadline to, and maybe they did, but they just couldn't find somebody to bring in to be maybe a, a better nickel corner. But every team needs nickel corners, right? I mean, there's, there's, they're, yeah, they're not, not a lot. There's, there's not, not a lot, a lot out lot. there. And so if the guy that you have penciled in as your starter goes down with a season ending injury, pretty much every team is going to struggle to, to, to fill that void. So, I think they're doing the best they can. I think they got the, probably the best guy in there that was available to them. And it really is. They just got to hope that Roby is the answer there and that he can stay healthy for the rest of the season. If he's healthy, I think he'll, I think he'll provide more than Ricks or Brown uh, has done for them so far. And I, I think that would be, I think that'll be enough as long as the pass rush continues to do what it's doing. Yeah. It's kind of a low bar, but that's where I am, John as well. He's going to be better than, Sidney Brown and Eli Ricks and Mario Goodrich in, in the slot because he knows how to play the position. He mm -hmm. knows uh, he's a savvy player. He knows how to play the position. So um, maybe he doesn't have a ton left from a physical standpoint, but I got to believe that football IQ makes him at least uh, a better option. And we'll see how that shakes out. But I do, you know, also want to point out, I, I, people keep forgetting Zach McPherson. So, you know, the Eagles not only lost Avante Maddox, but they lost their backup as well in that yeah. position. And all of a sudden, then you're scrambling. Um, but I do think they should have made a decision. And that's where I'll end it with you. At John Stolness, make sure you follow John on X. Does a tremendous job covering the Eagles, Bleeding Green, the Phillies as well. Um, Sean Desai, I, on one hand, I like that he's willing to try different things. Uh, 
throw some stuff against the wall, see what sticks. But at some point, you got to see what sticks. And I don't think it's helped Mario Goodrich. Um, he, he's got to play Justin Jefferson. He presume uh, you know, he fails. Big shocker. Um, taken off the field. Then he's put back on the field against Cooper Cup. I, I don't think that helped him. I don't think it helps mixing and matching Sidney Brown and Eli Ricks. So I like the difference, but at some point you got to make a decision, right? Yeah, and I think the thing that they did at the end of the game, which is, is something I think they should do more, especially early in games when you see a receiver is burning you over the middle of the field. If Cooper Cup or C.D. Lamb is lining up in the slot and they're destroying you for 150 yards receiving, put Darius Slay on the guy and just let Darius follow the guy around. And then you figure out who you're gonna, you know, what you're gonna do with the lesser receivers, whether it's Eli Ricks on on another guy on the on the outside or, or whatever it is. But like, if if why bash your head up against a wall for three quarters, <laughs> and then say to yourself, okay, we we don't have a. We don't have by a the choice. way, according to Slay, that was his idea. It was He's his the idea. One who said, you know, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take CD. And I asked yeah. Nick about that on on Monday, and he kind of had be- begged off because I'm like. You know, at one point, it's great when you hear that and, and fans get really excited. Yeah, Slade wants to go get C.D. Lamb. But that affects everybody else. And mm-hmm. that means the young undrafted rookie quarterbacks moving around and doing different things. And I'm like, what what's that demarcation line where yeah. Sean Desai's got to make that decision? Darius Slade can't just say, bang, I'm going to take C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, that's true. And and you you have these guys practice at these different positions during the course of the week. You yeah. know, you have these these guys working at slot, and that they're gonna they're gonna work on slot, and they're gonna play the slot guy. Well, if suddenly now you have Darius Slay on the slot, and these guys are on the outside, it's different technique, it's different responsibilities yeah. on the field, especially in zone defenses. I, I get it. You know, there is there is something to be said for making sure that your players are doing what they practiced all week. There's an argument to be made that you're gonna have more success that way. And in dire straits at the end of a game. You put your best guy on their best guy and, and just kind and of line works. up after that. And it works yeah. for the Dallas Cowboys. So if it didn't work, it would be, I think, a much bigger story. Oh, but my, it, it much works. bigger story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Yes. Uh, let's leave on a positive note. Let's say the Eagles win their last three games, which are Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Going Those out three. on the limb there. Go, go way yeah. out on a limb there. Um, they got five other games. They went eight and one in the first half. I'd say they go seven and one in the second half. At Kansas City, home Buffalo, home San Francisco, at Dallas, at Seattle. What's the most logical game they're going to lose? Assuming seven and one in the second half, which game are they going <laughs> to come up short in? Uh, you know what, boy, I would have to say probably in Dallas. That is a house of horrors for them. In, in Reese, they have not won in Dallas in 2017. That since 2017, they get <clears throat> cracked at it year after year after year, and for whatever reason, they they just they they aren't able to get it done. It's really hard to sweep your division games. Vision, and I don't see any way they lose to either of either lose either of those two Giants games. So. I think if you got to if you got to pinpoint a loss for me, it's going into Dallas playing the Cowboys. 
despite Dak Prescott's inability to close games, he plays really well against them in Dallas. He played great against them last year in Dallas, did everything he needed yeah. to do to win that game against Gardner Minshew. So uh, that's probably the one I would pinpoint and say, if they're going to lose a game, if they are going to go, whatever it is, seven and one, during the last and half Eagles of the season, fans should that take that. If you're giving me seven yeah. and one, Jody, I'm like, even, who cares? even with a loss to one. Dallas, as Johnny Stone just laid out yeah. there. Get me <laughs> out of there with one. You, yeah. you should be you should be quite happy, Eagle fans. Yeah. We're always happy when John Stoller says he can jump in with us. JS, thank you much for doing so today. We'll certainly get John again in a couple of weeks, but sounds good, guys. Thanks. Thanks, John. Bleeding Green Nation Zone and his uh, Eagle Podcast, Eye on the Enemy, something you should check out. John Stolmas here with us on Birds 365. All right. Hour down on a bye week Thursday. McDonald and McMullen, a.k.a. Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. Oh, we're going to make it Mac and Mac and Mac coming up in about 20 minutes from now. My other Mac partner, Glenn Macnell, host of the Eagle pregame show on Eagles Radio Network, is going to join us in about 20 here on Birds 365. goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. 
Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. EA. G-L-E-S Eagles Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365 not a Mac Glenn Mac is going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes from now um, John we mentioned him in passing a couple of times yesterday I didn't really get into it uh, meant to uh, go a little bit more in depth uh, but we got sidetracked on a couple of things Carson Wentz is back in the NFL. Yes, yes. And I have kind of a weird love-hate relationship with Carson Wentz because uh, when he was the Eagles' starting quarterback, the Eagles had to make a decision going forward, Nick Foles or Carson Wentz. And uh, those that I thought just dismissed Carson West Wentz and his contribution to the Super Bowl winning team in 2017 because Foles finished the deal, I thought was just woefully unfair to Carson Wentz and those who jumped on Carson Wentz. Completely, completely unfair. Uh, Yeah, so I defended the guy a lot. And when you do something like that, I guess you become a bigger fan because you start to root for it because of it, because you 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 took it back when others were uh, talking smack about him and the like. And then Carson Wentz did what he did. He went backwards. He lost his head. He lost the team. He demanded a trade. He became a very difficult guy to root for. He just couldn't do it anymore because he was spitting in the eye of the organization. So. I've had this weird root so hard for Carson Wentz, screw Carson Wentz kind of attitude about where Carson Wentz is at. And he goes to uh, Minnesota, uh, to Indianapolis and does nothing. And he goes to the commanders and he does nothing. And he can't find a job all this year. So the guy's been down on his luck ever since he left here. A lot of it having to do with himself. But I don't know how to handle this Carson Wentz landing with the Rams. Part of me wants to see him be a Baker Mayfield, go in, play a good game or two, get himself a gig out of it next year, take a chance. And there's another part of me that says, yeah, I want to see him crash and burn again. He leaves Philadelphia for the third time he crashes and burns. Where are you at with Carson once? Yeah, well, I, I have no issues with Carson. I, 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 yeah, when you say the Eagles had a decision to make, no, they didn't. That was a completely fan driven. In, there in was 20, no. Hold on, hold in twenty twenty hindsight. No, no, not even what you know. I rarely say hundred percent. I'm going to make up a number. Hundred and ten percent. There was never any wavering in the organization. Oh, maybe we'll go. No, I'm not saying both. they did waver. I'm saying should they have wavered? No, no. Just looking no, at the results. No, no. Uh, Nick Foles had a great run. I mean, you know. It, 
God bless him. You know, he's a closer. He's not a starting quarterback, even at that stage. Um, and, and, you know, in hindsight, obviously things went negative for Carson. Now, the question with Carson is, and everybody comes up with their berries, and I have my own. I think it had to do with, you know, him faltering and, and sort of thinking he had it solved. And the minute you think you have the NFL solved, it'll jump up and put you in your place pretty quickly. And he stopped working on his mechanics and doing all the stuff that Jalen Hurts did, going out with Tom House and Adam Daydu and those guys. And uh, you saw the same thing. You saw it before. You saw the big leap. You know, those guys don't get enough credit, Tom and Adam. You saw the big leap with Carson Wentz. He went out there to work with those guys, and he got the big leap. And then he stopped. Jalen Hurts, the big leap, after he went out there to work with those guys. Uh, and he didn't stop. Uh, he continues to do it. Uh, the pandemic, I often state, was the worst thing for Carson Wentz, left to his own devices. You know, I was remember the Tom Brady story when he went to Tampa and he got in trouble for working out in the park. Too much, yeah, you know, in the park with uh, his teammates. Yeah, the nonsense that we lived through. By the way, how is that not the biggest scandal in human history? But what the nonsense that we had to go through. But I digress. Uh, Tom Brady's just out there working at age, whatever he was at the time, just working and working and working. And I think Carson was like, well, there's nothing I can do. And, you know, you're left to your own devices. Your devices got to help you. And some make it as simple as um, the concussion. In, in, in the, I think people forget. Everybody knows how good he was in 2017. Uh, and he was gonna probably going to be the MVP. Um, is he going to play as well as Nick Foles in the playoffs? Probably not to be honest. So who knows what happens? Cause Nick got so hot. Well, for two games, Minnesota, New England, nobody's going to play better than, than the way he played. Uh, so he deserves all the credit for that. But, you know, Carson got him there with MVP level play. Um, and, and people say, well, then he got hurt and that was it. No, he played really well at times in 2018 and even 2019. Um, so it wasn't, you know, did the injury affect him? Yeah, because he didn't have the same mobility. He wasn't the same guy when it came to extending plays. He didn't have the the wherewithal to shift his sentiment, his mentality on how he played the position. All of that factors into it. But I do think people forget that he played well at times for long stretches, um, and, 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 and then the concussion came. And he's never been the same. Um, concussions are a weird thing because they affect people differently. There's different levels. Um, but he certainly hasn't been the same since that concussion. I remember talking to him about it. He said it was really scary. And by the way, he got a lot of shit for that, too, because people are saying, oh, he's got to get back in the game. Um, you know, it's a playoff game. Um, you got to fight through it. Uh, so he took a lot of crap for that too, but there's so many different things. The, the, the cocktail of it all that was he a great teammate. No. Was he disappointed? He was injured. Yes. You got to handle that better going to the Super Bowl run. There's that clip that's been all over social media. You might've seen it 
about him in the locker room after the Super Bowl win. Didn't exactly look like the most excited guy in the world. Um, you know, there's some human nature aspect to that because you're disappointed. You wanted to be involved. Nobody, Nobody's got a picture. Nobody's got a camera in the face of Jordan Hicks or Jason Peters. I don't know how they reacted. They were big parts of that team that were injured. I don't know. Um, I imagine they had some human nature, same thing. Boy, I wish I was involved. Right. Boy, I wish I could be on the field. Boy, I wish I could have played in that game. Uh, but they were hurt. Um, there's so many parts to it. It's it's such an interesting story. But he's his own worst enemy at times. Unfortunately, and I've always said this, he's an introvert playing an extrovert's position. Like, you have to be a leader. Jalen Hurts in public looks like an introvert, but he's not to his teammates. He's the exact opposite. In fact, he's a guy who, if they bring in a linebacker because N'Kobe Dean got hurt, he's a guy that will talk to the linebacker they bring in off the street and ingratiate himself, try to bring him in. Carson's like, well, I got, I don't got to deal with defensive yeah. players. And, you know, it, it, it's just... There's so many things, Jody. We could talk for 16 hours. Right. And we didn't talk for 16 minutes yesterday. So I just wanted to give Carson a little uh, do here. I guess when push comes to shove, if he gets in the game this Sunday, which, oh, by the way, the Rams only have two quarterbacks on their roster as of right now. Carson Wentz, who they signed to it, not to the practice squad. A lot of these guys. It's Julio Jones officially on the roster. They moved him this yes, week, right? Yes, they did. They gave he, him a that, spot. That's when we... That's when it became clear Cam Jurgens was going to be out for another week because they took that roster spot, the Contavia Street roster spot, uh, and gave it to Julio. Julio, right. But that's what guys have to do in this league. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, we're putting you on a practice squad this week, but eventually you're going to be on the roster. Now Wentz. They put Wentz right on the uh, regular roster because they released Brett Rippon. They saw the game that Brett Rippon played and said, <laughs> Yeah, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna fly. Um, so they don't have another quarterback other than Matthew Stafford, and they don't know the whether Stafford's thumb is going to allow him to play or not this week at the, the least. Carson Wentz is going to be uh the backup, and he may have to do a Josh Dobbs this week. In there about 20 well, minutes. I don't like that. You know, one, I, one, I, I think in a lot of ways, and and I think in a lot of ways, Jody, Josh Dobbs kind of exposed the NFL a little bit um, because, you know, these guys act like it is uh, rocket science, but ironically, Josh is a legitimate rocket science, rocket scientist. Uh, um, he is very smart. Um, you know, maybe I don't, I don't think the average, but he, he's also plays a certain way. Like if you, and I watched that game because it was such an interesting game. I went back and watched it. Um, he made a lot of plays on his own because he's very, for those who don't, you know, he hasn't played that much. And I'm sure people in Philadelphia haven't seen him that much. He's very athletic. He He's making plays with his legs. Um, he's, he's running the football. He ran for a touchdown. He converted a fourth and seven where almost anybody would be sacked uh, at the end of the game. So he's making all these plays just Sandlot style. So if you're a pocket passer, you can't come in in a week and run an offense. But if you're just sort of, you know, 
on the playground, dominating. That's sort of what Josh Dobbs did. And he's Josh Dobbs. Uh, there, there are guys that could do that. Guys who get traded. Like if Patrick Mahomes got traded uh, this week, that's never, ever, ever, ever happening. But if he got traded for a new team, I think he could go in and make it up as he goes along because he's a schoolyard-type quarterback. That's what he does. He just does make plays. But he's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Josh Dobbs is Josh Dobbs. And for him to be no, able to do that. But I'm just talking about amazing. the style. I'm just talking about the style. If there was a better, you know, let's be honest. Atlanta's not very good either. And Arthur Smith is, uh, I, I talk about Arthur Smith all the time. I'm not a big fan. They're not a great team. Uh, they're okay. They they were in first place, I think, coming into that game. But uh, they're not terrible. They're not great either. If it were, even the New York Jets, like they weren't scoring against the New York Jets at defense like that. Um, it, it was a bunch of it was a bunch of sandlot football, um, and and he's very athletic. So you have to have that that one trait. You have to be that style of quarterback to do anything in that type of situation. And you're suggesting Carson is not that guy. He is not he's forced he is to not. go in there this yeah. week. Uh, he was. In 2016-17, we're a little bit removed from that at this stage. But Carson, push comes to shove. I'm going to root for you this week. If you get in the game, I hope you have a good week and uh, help the Rams at least stay in the game, if not find a way to win a game. All right, Mac and Mac guys here with you on Birds 365. We still got plenty of Eagles to talk, and we will do so next with the host of Eagle pregame show on their radio network. You can catch him weekends on WIP. One day, unfortunately, he's got to carry me on his back. Uh, but it's always fun to get Glenn Mack now up with us here on Birds 365. He's next. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. 
Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Mac and Mac and Mac here on Bird Street 65. McDonald, McMullen, and Glenn Mac now, the host of the Eagles pregame show on the radio network, WIP here in Philadelphia, and uh, weekend host on WIP joining us. Good to see you, partner. Thanks for jumping in with us. Pleasure, man. Hasn't been enough. I've not seen you enough these days. Yeah, we missed out on a couple of Sundays because of NFL Europe. Ooh, that's big. Yeah. Uh, anywho, here's where I want to ask you the first question. I have to do with your Eagle pregame show duties. Yep. Um, I hosted the Eagle pregame show before you did. How many years ago now is that? 15, 17? I've been doing 16. So. 16, yeah. So went right from Mac to Mac, went from me to you, hosting the Eagles pregame show on the radio. And I used to have Dave Spadaro as part of my pregame show as well, as do you. And Dave is a silver lining kind of guy. He he finds that silver lining. Been pretty damn easy with the Eagles the last couple of years. They've been that good. But a lot easier uh, for Dave these days. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, who's the balance guy? Is there someone in your cast of thousands that you have from the pregame show? I know you got count that a kickoff before that, but is there a guy who balances out the overly sunny look of Dave Spadaro, or does that fall to you? Well, it probably falls to me. Let's see. I got Rube, who's a very solid reporter who will call him as he had Rube there for years. I've Elliot Shore Parts, who's a he's he's a pretty glasses three quarter full most of the time. Uh, <laughs> I got he gets I, cakes though. He gets he does. Cakes, he's though. got strong opinions, often yeah. that make me smack myself in the head. But he does have strong opinions. Uh, I have Ike, who I think is the smartest guy around. And I have Ross Tucker. So I can Ross Tucker. I wouldn't say they, they balance it with kind of negative take. And, of course, I got Howard who thinks that, you know, anything the Eagles do is great. So I guess I guess it does fall to me. But as you suggested earlier, it's, it's hard to, to see a lot not to like. No. Yeah. Uh, we do have to nitpick with this team. 27 weeks and counting, Glenn Mack now. Uh, best record in the NFL or tied for the best record in the NFL. Um, it's just the glory days of the Philadelphia Eagles, at least in the modern era. I think it is. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, clearly, um, you know, they had a really good run uh, for a while. Um, I'm trying to think of the exact years when it was. Um, but they, they never won playoff games, right? They used to win 10, yeah. 11 games a year, but never won playoff games. Now they win the Super Bowl in, you know, 2017. They get back to the Super Bowl last year. Different coach. I guess different quarterback, very different roster, but to me, it's it's the same era, um, and they certainly have a great chance to get back there this year. So, uh, yeah, these are these are glorious times. Now, nah, since I put you on the spot with my first question, I'm going to put you on the spot with my second question. Good. Jason Kelsey going to play next year? 
because we were just describing this era of Eagle football. Jason yeah. Kelsey is it from 2007. And I want to uh, put uh, BG in the backseat or Lane Johnson or Fletcher Cogner, all back. But Kelsey is the face of this era of Eagle football. Yeah, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Sexiest yeah. Uh, man in the world, almost. Yes, I was going to say, you know, really, once you've been the sexiest man in the world, how can you come back to the NFL? So, yeah. um, I, th- boy, let me just uh, back up to comment on something that you guys said, and I think you were kind of uh, inferring, implying. I, I can't think of any team in the history of the NFL where the face of the franchise over an extended period was the center. Center. Was any offensive yeah. lineman, and, and it's him. He's he's really the guy. Uh, man, I would love to see him come back one more year. We all would. Uh, I think if they get to and win the Super Bowl, it's a clearly good, easy time for him to retire. If they get to the Super Bowl, it's and lose. It's still a decent time. If I if I'm betting my mortgage, I would bet this is it for him, and he goes on to a marvelous media yeah. career. By the uh, way, he's going to be on tonight with Amazon. He's already yeah. doing, doing the media stuff. He's going to be on with the Thursday night crew. So he's going to be doing that this week. Um, he went out to that uh, media workshop thing over the uh, over the offseason out in Los Angeles. So he's gearing up. I, I've been saying it. This I think this is it. They might have made his head too big with this sexiest man in life. You know. <laughs> uh, but by the way, that was a great It's not line. his head you're worried about. Yeah. So here's the thing. So here's here's the thing. I remember when I think it was it was Romo who they moved into the booth and immediately made him the number one chair. Yeah, and we he thought was great. Early. Yeah, but I thought he was. I don't think he's yeah. so good anymore. But I think yeah. he, he I think he was. But I remember thinking like, how do you take a guy who's never done it and promote him over all those guys who had years of experience? That's crazy. With Jason Kelsey, I think he can walk in and be the best guy doing that job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely some one network going to put him at the number one spot and good for him. And then when his brother eventually retires, the two of them, that podcast they have is compelling. It's just yeah, great. It's, it's good. It's great. And it's funny yeah. and it's yeah. smart. And it, I mean, it, they're they're terrific. Yeah. By the way, Jason had a great line. He said he's not even the sexiest guy in his own family. Uh, with That's true. <laughs> yeah, that well, was a, that was a great line. Apparently they didn't true. pull Taylor Swift for the <laughs> yeah. the, the voting. Uh, you know the um the uh the documentary they did on him that his brother got in is like the highest rated sports documentary ever already. It's it's yeah, yeah he's got a great thing going and deservedly so. Yeah, no question about it. Now let's get to the nitpicking, Glenn Mack. Now I can't sure. take all this good-natured. Uh, uh, one thing we've been talking about because it is the bye week, so it's always the self scout. The Eagles are self scouting, so I did my own. What they should be self scouting about? Number one for me was the traditional running game. So I've I've been saying this for a while, Glenn. The Eagles running game can be tremendous. They've they've had these 200-yard games. They had them early in the season, week two, week week three. Um, But it's all fueled on the plus one of the quarterback. Yeah. Ever since the quarterback got banged up, 
they don't run the football so well, well. And I think you've got a great point because the other teams now know he's not a threat to run. Yeah. Right? What do you have? Exactly. He had two two carries for three yards or six yards or something. And he last had ten week. against the Cowboys. It, he had ten carries. Scrambles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't, yeah. don't forget the tush push. That counts. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what? That's great. I believe yeah. he had two designed running plays yeah. that weren't a tush push or a yes, scramble. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fine. So I stand corrected, yeah. but 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 to make my point. Um, it is no longer a threat. Teams realize that, and so they're not really forced to defend it, which means that uh, you can just, you know, on, on a running situation, say, okay, it's going to be Swift or it's going to be Gainwell. And uh, I don't know that that's going to change because I think with his knee, he's clearly not going to be running the ball on as many plays. So they just have to figure another way to get that running game working. And, and and can they? That's that's my here's here's my concern. And we all know how this team builds and how he builds this team. It's offensive line, defensive front, quarterback, you know, then they play corners and you can go down the list. They don't pay running backs. You know, the old adage, you get what you pay for. Are the Eagles running backs just not that good? Because I look at here's <clears throat> let me just say this real quick. Yeah. I looked it up, Glenn. Since since Jalen got banged up, which was the Rams game, here's DeAndre Swift, 10 for 18 against the Jets. Now the Jets, Jody can tell you, tremendous front. All right. Miami, 15 for 62. Okay. Washington, 16 for 57. Not great. Dallas, 18 for 43. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, I don't think Swift's your problem. Uh, I don't. I think Swift's a good running back. I don't think he's a, he's a poor running back, but I think he's in the top half of starting running backs in the NFL. Uh, you know, somewhere 10, 15, something like that. Uh, I think the banged up line with the guard out has hurt. I think that's been a problem. Um, I can't give you a whole lot of other reasons, to be honest with you, but I don't I don't think it's Swift. I don't think Gainwell is is you know, been much to, to speak of, but I no, nah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blame this, Andrea. Should we but... see some Rashad Penny? More sure, more R- Rashad. Yeah, Penny. I mean, was he had six carries all year? So, <laughs> if more that. than six, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I think he should get a shot. It is really weird, and maybe Jody, maybe you guys understand this. He came here with the highest per carry yards average of any active player and running back in the league. And I thought, okay, you know, he'll get 100 carries for 500 yards, and that'll be really good. He's not going to get 20 carries. I don't – is it that he doesn't understand the system? Is it What is it? Can't block? I, I thought it was well, all along that they yeah. were, like, preserving him. Me too. The first couple of weeks of the season. Oh, well, he's always hurt, so they don't want yeah. to – they don't want to. They don't want to tap into that yet. You got to wait to to tap into the keg. They don't want to tap. And another week goes by, and another week goes by, and another week goes by, and go – yeah, I just don't think they have faith that he's what is. I think I think says, and I've said this to Jody Glenn. I think it's if he's not the lead back, he can't help you in other ways. So he's not going to help you on special teams. He's not a good receiver. He's not good in pass protection. He's sort of an old school two down runner. So if he's not the lead back, okay, you know, he doesn't help you as a role player. 
Yeah, but shouldn't there be that game where they say, okay, you know, we look at this other team's defense and we think, you know, he, well, he gets through that first level. He's going to be great. We'll play him. We'll give him 10 carries in the second half and he'll go off. I mean, that I understand he's not a great blocker. Uh, He's not a receiver, uh, special teams, but I would just think one of the game plans over the course of nine games would figure out a way that I thought it would have been this week with Dallas because yeah, I did too. Was out with the personal when he, when he was active, yeah. I thought, okay, here we go. We're going to see not something throw different. Him out there for a couple. Yeah. Of yeah. Now to your uh, scenario, Glenn. This is a stat that Ruben Frank had in his stat column this week. He always has great nuggets. They're great. Yeah. The Eagles. I I, I made it a question to John yesterday, so I'll make it to you. Teams have since the turn of the century, 20, uh, 2000. How many teams do you think have started the season in the NFL, either eight and one or nine and oh? Since 2000, that's 22 seasons, yeah, of potentially going eight. What, how many teams do you think have gone eight, one, or nine and oh to start? A dozen, Two, uh, 40. It would Whoa. shock me it was that many. Shock. 40 teams since Damn. 2000 have been. I, I, I was way lower than that. You know what I did? Because you asked the because you made the point of asking the question, I thought, all right, it's going to be really high or really no. low. I'll yeah. bet low. But no, here, I, here's, I here's, here's the hook. Of those 40 teams, how many have not had a game where they won by more than – where they've ended up winning by more than two touchdowns? 14 points plus in those yeah, nine yeah. or eight, those nine games to start the season. They didn't have at yeah. least one win of more than you. two touchdowns. All right. See, now I feel like I'm being manipulated. Here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so I'm not even going to ask it. I'm going to tell you. Four. Four. One. One. This year's Philadelphia Eagles. One. Are the only team in yeah. the last two decades plus that yeah. haven't had a blowout win. That's so that why you plays into your Rashad Penny thing. One of the reasons why is they haven't had the chance. They haven't been up by three touchdowns. Goes, hey, let's do the Rashad Penny experiment. Throw him in there. Give him ten straight uh, carries. Let's see what happens. They haven't blown anybody out back, man. Well, yeah. two points. One is you can run the ball with Rashad Penny even if you're up by a touchdown. I'm that that doesn't phase me. And the other one is this is why you and I get calls to our shows of yeah, but. Right, yeah, the but, skeptical yeah. fans that we hear all the time, like, well, yeah, they're winning, but the the, the secondary is terrible. They can't run the ball. Uh, the puncher stinks. I mean, it's it is it's an interesting. I'm I'm switching gears on you guys just for a second. The fan dynamic is interesting, which is the, the record is incredible, but people are not, a lot style of people, points. Like, they want a style lot of, points. A lot right? of people aren't quite buying in yet. Yeah. They want it. They think it's college football, and you got to impress the voters. Yeah, I want fifty-six I, to three. I did. Yeah. I, I, I want that. Or yeah. seventy-three to nothing. Is that your favorite score you used to? Uh, yeah, I seventy-three that one yeah. time when I was working with you, and the Eagles lost the game against Washington. It was Washington <laughs> because the all-time blowout was Washington beating maybe the Bears in an yeah, NFC title, an NFC nothing, NFL yeah. title game back in the day. So I, yeah, never mind. We don't have to talk about that. I think it was Mark Rippon ended up beating the Eagles. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, the big seventy-three nothing game. The, the Miami Dolphins uh, cracked seventy. They did Maybe put could up have a them on that record. Yeah, uh, uh, they looked really good the last couple of weeks too. Eh? Ironically, the only team the Eagles have beat by fourteen points is the Miami Dolphins. So yeah. there you have it. Well, I, yeah, I, 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 I think Miami. I don't want to say they're a fraud because they're not a fraud. 
but I don't put Miami. Not a great team. I would not rank them in the top five, six teams with a chance to win the Super Bowl. I agree with that. Along with my old Buffalo Bills, who were dropping. Since you brought it up, you know, I was on another radio station. I was asked that question. Who's a legitimate Super Bowl contender? And I got to tell you, Glenn, I have a tough, I come up with a bunch on the AFC side. Yeah. I can't come up with a bunch on the NFC side. Uh, who besides the Eagles is a legitimate Super Bowl contender on the NFC side? I still lean towards San Francisco, Dallas, but they're, they're incredibly flawed. They are. Yeah. Everybody's pretty flawed. San Francisco, Dallas. Uh, I think Detroit's going to have a nice year, but not make the Super Bowl. They'll go, you know, 11 and six and uh, lose on the first, lose in the playoffs early. Uh, I kind of like Seattle as a little bit of a sleeper, maybe. Uh, they got pounded this week. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Now, I, I know. think Baltimore's been the best team in football. Well, no, we're talking yeah. NFC, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the NFC, I, I mean, I think that's that's kind of it. You know, the Eagles, yeah. once again, the Eagles should have an easier road to the Super Bowl than any team in the AFC. Yes. Yeah. They have yeah. an inside straight. I mean, <laughs> barring injuries – yeah. Yeah. And we, we all know significant injuries. That's baked into it. If if you have the, you know, the quarterback gets hurt, you're in trouble. Um if they I I, I don't see how they don't win. The you NFL. know, the big game That's to it. me, Kansas City is next, and it's a tough game. And if they lose Kansas City, they lose Kansas City. Uh and then the Bills at home. And I think the big game of the year is the Niners at home. Because I think if you beat the Niners at home, you pretty much clinch home field advantage through the through the playoffs i mean i still i know you still got dallas to play you still got seattle to play both of those games are on the road yeah right yeah so it's it's you know you're still in the middle of that tough schedule but to me the the if i could pick one game to win it is that san francisco game and then you're then you've got home field advantage niners might lose again this week they play at jacksonville doug peterson uh and i like doug this year yeah um they might be buried by the time they get to Philadelphia, it's a possibility. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, unfortunately, I know two guys who have to compete with that game this Sunday. That would be Glenn Mac on Jody McDonald on at the same time Jacksonville and San Francisco playing on right. WIP. Hey, watch a little one eye on a TV. Yeah, that's exactly what we'll do. Beginning of the year, before the year started, I made three Super Bowl predictions, three three wagers, I should say. Yeah, Eagles against the Jets. Yep. Aaron Still Rodgers alive. Not coming back yet. Still that's alive. Still alive by the skin of my teeth. Yeah. Eagles against the Dolphins because that's the bet I made last year, so I had to go back to it again. We're all starting to doubt the Dolphins' viability for the Super Bowl. And the second one, but more so than the Dolphins, Eagles against the Jags. I had the Sirianni mm. Dougie P potential Super Bowl wager put in. I can still make good money if that happens this and, year. And that would be so interesting because I think everybody looking at the AFC this year said, all right, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Jets, Bengals, the, the Bengals, Bengals, the Ravens, Jets could be the team guy. on the rise, right? Yeah. And the Ravens, and I don't think anybody thought the Jags. Uh, and, uh, I you know get one what? guy who did, and and again, don't want to give him too much credit because he said they weren't going to the Super Bowl. Peter King picked Jacksonville to have the best record in the AFC because he okay. thought the rest of that division was going to stink. Yeah, oh, I and did. they were going to go uh, yeah. thirteen and four. But here come playoff time: the Chiefs, the Bills, the yeah, uh, uh, Dolphins. Now take with care. Jack- 
Bill, if you remember, Jody, I said uh, the most obvious division winner to me was Jacksonville, uh, mm-hmm. similar to Peter. They were going to win that division because it's such a bad division. I but... still root for Dougie, right? We all still root oh, yeah, for Doug's Doug's a, Doug's yeah, no problems with Doug. Uh, yeah. No problems with Doug whatsoever. And I heard uh, you guys earlier talking about Wentz and rooting for Wentz and like, you know what? Sure. Why not? Good. What's the point of holding a grudge? Yeah. Uh, you know, let's remember what he did in 2017, and not yeah. all the afterward. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it took this long. When you've seen some of these quarterbacks, people, the Giants are rolling out Tommy DeVito. Well, I mean, you I, know, I, I think, I think baggage is well, really what yeah, I think. Obviously, hey, I just looked at shame on me. I should know this ahead of time. Uh, I was saying they might ask Carson to do a Joshua Dobbs deal this week. No, the Rams are on a bye. Carson oh, went to 24 hours of studying extra that playbook. <laughs> when he go. gets in, he's going to be ready to do a Baker Mayfield for the Rams. Yeah, extra week. There you extra go. Who do they play that Carson next week? Wentz. Who do they play? Yeah, 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 I gotta look that up. I just saw that they were on the bye this week. Shame on me. I should have known that ahead of time. Week eleven, the Los Angeles Rams are hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh. Next week. Not the easiest start, but it'll be fun to watch. Agreed. Um, perhaps. I mean, Seattle too. That's where he got the concussion. Seattle in the playoffs. Hopefully, not the same time as the Eagles. Well, the Eagles Chiefs are Monday. Eagles night are Monday week, night. So yeah. 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 Good. Great. Um, fun weekend. By week, there was some legitimate. I'm working with you again. Uh, that came out. Glenn Kobe Dean injured yeah. again. Um, this is interesting to me because I think Nicholas Morrow has played better. And the Kobe Dean. This is one of those things in the NFL. Jody and I talk about this a lot. Pedigree matters. You mm-hmm. get more chances. Um, for a Super Bowl level team, and that's what the Eagles are. I, I maintain Nick Morris should have been playing anyway. Is this a silver lining for this defense that has struggled in the back seven? I don't know if I'd call it a silver lining. Uh, if nothing else, you lose a lot of depth at a position where you don't have a lot of depth. So, uh, you know, I think that that's problematic because it's like, okay, Nicholas Moore is fine, but who's the next man up if he has to rest? Christian Ellis, you know, God forbid he gets hurt. Yeah, okay. You know, and he's, he's <laughs> all right. Um, now, depth-wise, yeah. But if I, he listen, stays healthy, I, which is a big if. Yeah, yeah. And Morrow's done it. I mean, he had the three-sack game. And he's he's, he's done pretty well. Uh, I, I bet on – well, I literally bet on Nicobe Dean <laughs> this year in my stupid football bet. He's one of the guys in that bet. But um, I, I liked him and thought this is going to eventually work. And my biggest concern is when you have something like this, which just shuts you down for the year – yeah, he'll be back next year, but he's one step further behind. And I worry that the whole career, uh, the promising career goes down the drain. So in the short run, sure, Nicholas Morrow. In the long run, I really want to see Nicobe Dean work out. All right, G-Mac, I'm not going to go off on my long diatribe like I've done here on Bird 365, ooh, like ooh. I do on WIP. What? What do we got? ESPN's Power Index. <laughs> that they put the numbers into a computer and somehow it spits out that the Eagles are the seventh best team yeah. in the NFL. Seven. Where are the Cowboys? It, it's sixth. They're ah, ahead of the Eagles. What happened? Did they play this year? <laughs> yeah, they have. Uh, and it's just ridiculous and asinine and shame on the ESPN. They should be embarrassed by it. And yet they put it good. up every single I'm week. I'm glad you're not going off on it. That's right. Good. But I'll add to it. This week, Yahoo 
dropped him from number one to number two. And I think it was uh, USA Today dropped him from number one to number two. Chiefs? Not one, two, what's the seventh is a spit in the eye. One, two are fine. Uh, the Ravens had this unbelievably impressive win. Oh, Ravens. Ravens are one. Okay. Yeah. Ravens um, should be one, in my opinion. Over the Eagles? Yes. I think the Ravens are the best team in football. I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay with it. Yeah. I'm okay. I mean, again, right. it's one. It's not something it? you're going to go, what no. the F? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the seven, so, the ESPN one yes, is ridiculous. Yes, that's a what the F. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, we all agree on that. But here's my point. Does Sirianni use this? Johnny and I discussed this a couple weeks ago. He admitted to it. He says he makes stuff up. We look for stuff (laughs) to run by the pilot. Anything that we can use to hook ourselves into the underdog mentality, we use it even if we need to make it up. Well, they don't have to make it up. They were actually dropped from number one to number two in two power rankings. Power rankings, truthfully, aren't worth the paper they're written on, but it is something that you can emotionally tie yourself to analyze and the like will Sirianni use that this week against Kansas uh, City or they uh, just need to go down the hey remember February route I'm going to uh switch sports for a moment to make the comparison this is it's a Garrett Stubbs moment which is any any and I and I've learned this over the years with player I don't go in the, in the locker rooms as much as I used to but I just remember any perceived slight that they can grab onto, they will do so, personalize it, and find a way to do the we are disrespected thing. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. you guys saw the Michael Jordan, the series on Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Where like something, a guy walks by him without saying hello. It's like, I took that as a personal offense. And then I decided I had to beat his head in. And it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, Athletes right. do it. They do it to their advantage. They yep. do it well. And so I'm sure Nick saw what you saw, and he's got it there for one day to bring it up. Look at this. They don't believe in you. Oh, sure, he'll use it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, are are they? Know. Let me ask you, are they behind? Oh, you said they're two. So they're not behind the Chiefs. They can't use that. Great uh, f- okay. football example of that recently was Jim Swartz talking to DK Metcalf. He went up to DK Metcalf, and Jim told the story. And he told him, you know, you're the closest thing I've seen to Calvin Johnson since Calvin Johnson. And then he made the mistake of you're not there yet, but keep, keep, keep working, trying to, you know, pat the guy on the back. He took it as an affront. Of course. Like, what are you, what is a Hall of Fame level player that obviously coached and has tremendous. And you know what? That's one of the reasons these guys are great because they can, they can. They're already great, but they can find that little thing that they can yeah. use to just make them great. Jump in our swimming pool. Well, how dare you? And that was the game he went off on the Eagles. And Jim was like, I'm not saying anything to anybody yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, to gosh, the I guy remember that game. Oof. Yeah. yeah, he was good that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, you're right. They hold on to things and they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, they're um, smart. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, G Mac, I asked this question, Johnny Stolness, we had on before you. Um, it's a very positive fight because from time to time, the guys on our stream don't like when I create narratives and they have any negative slant to it. This is about as positive as you can get. Eagles are eight and one right now through the first half of the season. Plus thanks Roger Goodell for making it 17 games. Uh, they're eight and one. They're going seven, one in the second half, Mac man, two losses all year. 
seven and one guaranteed lock to win the last three games. Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Yes, Jesus. I agree with that. Last what, three what games they win. Way to end that season is. You got them losing only one of these next five. Eh? One of the yeah, next I five games. Wow. Losing. Yeah, I'm like, I'll take that right now. Right now, I'll take that. Who are they losing to? If they're going seven and one here in the second half, and only one's going to be an L. Where are you placing that L, Mac? Now? All right, so I have to buy into your theory then. Yes, to do yes, that. yes, okay. yes. Make sure you ask me this on Sunday, okay? Because it's good. I like this. Then sure. All right, you ready? Cowboys. Yeah, that's the same uh, thing Johnny Stokes. John said. <laughs> Although I don't I, – listen, I mean, I, you know, that presumes they beat the Chiefs, and that's right. that's going to be a challenge too. By the way, you, you told me I, only it, one. Uh, 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 Jody brought this up in the offseason. I said, you know, it's an AFC game. Who cares? You know, want to talk about tiebreakers. If you want to lose a game, you want to lose an AFC game. If the well, Eagles lose to the Chiefs and, and that's that one game, has it become bigger because of the Super Bowl? Because it's it's better to lose to the Chiefs than the Cowboys. It becomes bigger to us, but it doesn't become bigger to – I mean, it becomes yeah. bigger, bigger than what? Bigger than the Cowboys? No. Or just yeah. like like a big issue for the next week? Well, it, will people be more upset because they lost to the Chiefs again than losing? To um, the, 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 I it, I mean, it kind of depends how they lose, right? If they lose thirty five to ten, I think the town's going to go into a panic. But if they lose true. a close game yeah. on the road and close you know, game stuff, for the first, yeah, this nah, people will live with that. The, it, so I'll, I'll, let me turn it back to you because I asked this question going into this stretch of. Cowboys at Chiefs, Bills, Niners at Dallas at Seattle. Those right. six games. What did you what did you think the record was going to be going in? I agree with you, Jody. The last three games against the carcass of the Giants and an Arizona team that's going to be tanking are, are ought to be yeah. three wins and probably are going to be right, three Tyler wins. Murray's back. Yeah, I was, well, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll see that week. Uh, but could be three wins with uh, your backup quarterback starting could yeah. be Mariota time. Um, so those six games and they they're already one and oh, what to you is the anticipated record? Mine's two losses. Uh, okay. It was two losses before it's two losses still. So yeah. I'll accept as long as you got two, that's acceptable to me. As long two. as you come out of that stretch with two, four and two, um, you're fine. Three things. Uh, that's what I say. Four and two. John and I are in accord there. Number two, um, Kansas City game. The outcome of that game. You know what helps to determine how big a loss it is if it is a loss this week? Does Detroit win? Because we we did we had this conversation yeah. before the season start. We had no idea that the Eagles were going to have the best record, but it only be one game ahead. They lose, Lions win. Now you're tied for the best record in the NFC. So yeah. the circumstances around it do play into it. Uh, at number three, week 18, uh, whatever, game 16, so week 17, name that tune. Clayton Tune will be back in at quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. So, yeah, but the Eagles might be uh, <laughs> might be playing their backups. By the I'm saying it's Mariota time yeah. because I think got a clinch. I think four and two is is good. Four and two is what I hope to see. Three and three mm -hmm. is acceptable. Obviously, you don't want to do any worse than that. But yeah, I kind of went four and two in those games, and they're one and zero, oh, so they go go three and two. Here's where three and uh, three and three isn't acceptable if the Lions go five and one. 
Yeah. And they fall out of first place. And yeah, then then the heat's going to be raised on this team going forward. All right. Uh, so you don't go back. You got to go back to work with Chelsea on Saturday and me on Sunday. Pre-game yeah. I got to go start. shoot a beer show now. Oh. oh, you're shooting a beer shoe? That's Shop? the yeah. best. That's the best time of your week, isn't it, Glenn? It's not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> <Not a bad laughs> All right. What time's the pregame show start next Monday when the Chiefs get underway? Uh, next Monday, actually, we start at six because they don't cut into uh, the afternoon show. So it's a it's a a jaunty two hour and fifteen minute pregame show. Wow. Looking forward to it. But mostly, I'm looking forward to being back with you, man. We haven't done enough shows, so this Sunday this Sunday is going to be a good one. With a half an eye on Dougie P playing the 49ers yeah. on Sunday. Should be fun. G Mac, always a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk My to you. My pleasure, guys. Love Thanks, you. Man. See ya. The host Bye-bye. of the Eagles pregame show on the radio, uh, the Eagles Radio Network, Clem Mack, now here with us on Birds 365. All right, quickie timeout. Come back. We will put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. G-L-E-S. 
Eagles. Mega Mac guys here with you on Birds 365. Uh, appreciate your staying streamed in for the entire show. While you're at it, hit the like button. Do do you do your boys a favor. Just hit it once before you get out of Dodge. We we, we don't beg often, but we'll beg a little today because it's uh, everybody's happy. The Eagles are are eight and one for the most part. All right, uh, here's how I want to end the show today. Because uh, I did, I I pimp my guy Glenn Mac now. I ask him a couple tricky questions because he's my partner, and I'm allowed to do that same way I do with you. Um, my wife says that all the time when she busts my chops. I go. Why are you busting my chops? And she says, well, because I'm your wife. And that's, I'm supposed to just accept that. She's allowed to bust my balls yeah. anyway she oh, wants because she's here, my wife. Yeah. Uh, you understand, Johnny Mac. All right, so I'm going to be completely unfair to you, too, to end this show. We were talking about uh, the end of the season. Eagles have the layup last three games, Giants, Cardinals, Giants, and uh, they should be able to win all those. But they could play depending on whether they're ahead in that last game of the season. Do they want to not risk guys and the like? Um, the last game of last season, they played the Giants and they needed to win it without with a loss and a cowboy win, a 49 to win. They hadn't locked up home field advantage throughout the playoffs, so they had to play all their guys. On the flip side, the Giants had already qualified for the playoffs. Knew they couldn't move up. Knew they couldn't move down. So they didn't have to play anybody. They played their JV that day. Three giant players. Now, this is as per the box score. Three giant players were sacked that day. Can you name any of them, John McCall? <laughs> um, my God. Um, Woo! I'm trying to think. Uh, to, 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 who is their back? I can't. That's how things quickly leave for me, man. Yeah, as soon as I, I, I would, I would have taken an O for three as well. And oh, by the way, looking at their names on the box score on the computer, I'm still one for three of even knowing who the hell they are. Their backup quarterback that day was Davis Webb. Oh yeah, oh, I should have known Davis. That's bad Davis job. Webb went twenty three of forty. Yeah, that's for one hundred and sixty forty attempts, and he got a grand total of one hundred and sixty eight yards. But when the Giants scored late, they were within a onside kick and a two point conversion after driving down the field of actually forcing the game into overtime. And one of our guys here on the stream hates the fact when I mentioned that, but it's just a fact, Jack. Yeah, Davis, uh, man. Yeah, uh, that's that's a bad job by me. Should have no, gotten Davis. No, back. no, it's not. Uh, it's a bad job. It's your partner being a dick and uh, putting you in a bad spot. Um, who is Lawrence Cager? Lawrence <laughs> Cager. I remember the name. Yeah, I don't. Uh, he's, a, he's a wide receiver, though. I think. Uh, uh, let me. Did they it. run a play out they of probably the probably ran? Play? Yeah, they probably ran tight end. He's a tight end. Um. He's a big uh, 6'5", 220, so he's sort of now uh, 250-ish, so he's a legit tight end. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't remember them throwing a trick play, but that game, yeah. Oh, uh, that's not the only one. There was an 11-yard sack on Jamie Gillen. Oh, that's the punter. That's the punter. Oh, uh, so so that's probably, considered a sack if yeah. he doesn't get the punt off and he yeah, tries Well, if to he's trying it. to throw the ball. Um, you know, sort of like a, a baseball scorer. You know, sometimes they'll label something a sack when a quarterback runs 
like you see you know sometimes they'll label it a sack originally and then they'll say no that was a design running play and they'll turn it into a tackle for loss so um there's some you know give and take with that kind of thing yeah, but the that's eagles the had sacks on lawrence cager and jamie Dillon last year I sure as hell didn't remember. I didn't even remember it was David's West. Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember the game other than Jalen Hurts struggled because you know he's forced. He probably shouldn't have been playing, right? Um, hey. Because remember they lost the two games. All they needed to do was win one of those two, and they couldn't get it done. And they had to bring him back a little bit earlier. And by the way, that's underrated. Why the Giants also? I always talk about the worst thing that happened to the Giants was um, winning that playoff game. Also, they thought they could be more competitive with the Eagles because of that game. And, you know. Right. But then they, that coming into this year, yeah. that was dismissed by the playoff blowout. By the, yeah. Anybody exactly. who still clung to that, that's shame on them because yeah. the Eagles set the record straight. No, I'm saying, that. I'm saying what coming into the playoff game, <clears throat> they thought they were closer than they were. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, yeah blown up pretty quickly that that kind of got dismissed as a theory or a narrative uh pretty quickly by the eagles all right brother uh i say we do this again tomorrow you up for that uh yeah uh football friday on uh are you don't gotta bail out to go talk to nick sirianni actually stay for the whole show tomorrow yeah so i'm sorry in advance For staying for the whole show? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, you, uh, I want you right here with me. Uh, so McMullen will be here for the full two hours tomorrow. He's going to have to deal with me for those two hours. Uh, you guys, keep it right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. you got the Power Hour Billy C coming up next. Mac and Mac, back tomorrow, Football Friday in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.